What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy, Art Dog here with your homeboy, MJ Gunner. What up, what up, what up? You're looking for a bomb-ass podcast. You are in luck. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? This guy. <laughs> Y'all know what it is, man. We got your boy, JP, on the line once again. What up, JP? You know what? There's only one thing bigger than the Hollywood lights, and that's your boy JP, the hottest act since fucking since uh, fucking Kim Kardashian saw Kanye's dick on camera. It's, <laughs> it's the one and only JP, live in living color, boys. The dean of hey, obscene, the dean of obscene, ladies and gentlemen. Man, you know <laughs> what it is. We're gonna be talking about everything UFC 227. JP, I know you was in attendance tonight, man. Tell us how the atmosphere was, how the crowd was, how it felt being there live. Uh, give us the dirty. Well, let me tell you, I was lucky enough I have a good job that pays me to cover this shit because uh, it is a, listen, if you've never been to a, a UFC fight, let me, let me press that, if you've never been to an MMA fight, go, it's, it is it is a different ambiance than it is on TV, and when you go to UFC, man, the atmosphere is fucking out of this world, it's, you know, the crowd was amped, it was hyped, it was excited, they were on their feet for all the bouts, I mean, it, and it was just a fucking amazing, amazing atmosphere um being there from my own self i just got done wrapping up a press doing a ufc press conference i got to talk to fucking dillashaw i got to talk to you know uh fucking uh, henry cejudo fresh off his title when i got to talk to demetrius johnson i got to talk to dana fucking white himself i mean i i just i'm so amped right now that i could uh I'd whip my dick out in downtown Hollywood and tell them all to suck it, but I'd probably go to jail. Right, man. I'm so, I'm geeked for you, dude. Yeah, like, and we then heard he- you. Hearing your voice on the press conference was awesome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to jump into Cub Swanson's loss tonight, man. He was on like a four or five fight win streak. He was building up. Every time Cub Swanson gets close to the title, he just falls short right before he gets that title shot. Moicano really showed up, though. You know what? I, I I absolutely love Cub, Cub Swanson as a fighter, as a human being, as a pioneer of this sport. I, I Cub is one of those guys I really have to strain hard to think even one remotely not good thought about. Tonight just wasn't his night. And you know what? He felt it. He felt it. I mean, he walked. Cub's as professional as a day is long. He walked out of there before the fight ended. He was that disappointed because you're talking a guy who, I don't know if you guys heard it on the pay-per-view, he was far and away the most popular motherfucker here. Yeah. I mean, he had a big fan following here. That's his hometown. He's an L.A. guy. He lives in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it had to be disappointing for him. But look, Moicano is a fucking animal. Moicano, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I don't know if he's a future champ or not. Uh, I'm not ready to dub him that just yet. But I will tell you this much right now. <laughs> he's going to be one of those guys that's around that top for a long fucking time. Yeah. I mean, he did come tonight. In a manner that I, I've, I've seen Cub lose fights before. I've seen Cub lose plenty of fights before. We've all seen Edgar, Cub lose Holloway. fights. He got fucking dominated tonight. And that's how good Moicano is. That's not a knock on Cub. Moicano is a fucking animal. I mean, the last time I saw Cub Swanson lose like this was when he caught that seven-second knee from Jose Aldo. Yeah. And we'll go on. That's a good one. That's exactly. And that was fucked a decade ago. Or, I mean... And this is not the scene, though. I mean, he can take a beating. He can, you know, he's got the ground game. 
Exactly. If anybody knows Cub Swanson and knows how he fights, man, if you don't, go back and watch the fight with Duho Choi. That Korean right, Superboy fight was an amazing brawl from beginning to end, and they were beating the hell out of each other. But this Moicano, he dropped Cub Swanson with a jab. I saw it, oh, man. Yeah. I was stiff. A stiff jab and... When he climbed, when he got on the ground, man, it was it was quick. It didn't look like it was under the chin, but that neck crank was tough. It was hard, and and it looked like he was about to break his chin off. Yeah, that choke out was pretty sick. It was crazy. You know what tonight was good about from Moicano too is look that division. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, once upon a time, it was Jose Jose Aldo and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, now you look at that division, you got Holloway, you got Moicano, you got Brian Ortega. I mean, look, Frankie Edgar's still moving around. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. One loss does not define a man. Ricardo Lamas. You I got mean, all these guys. This division is getting deeper and deeper by the day. And, uh, you know, that's why I said I don't know if Moicano will ever be champ, but that's more of an indication how fucking stacked this division is than anything else. Yes, it is. And 145 wasn't a division that people were looking really heavy at. And now with the surgeons of Holloway and all the things that Ortega's doing and the undefeated fighters that they got down there, everybody, like the little guys are really starting to get the notoriety that they deserve. And it's long overdue because, I mean, for too long, listen, we just had a guy tonight, I know we're going to talk about it, so I won't go too much into detail until we get to him. You're talking a guy who defended the belt 11 fucking times, 11, and by the way, lost his belt in a decision to an Olympic gold medalist who is a stud mixed martial artist in a fight that could have gone either way. This is a guy, and and again, the marketing machine. I've talked about this all fucking night. Uh, Every time I come on this show, I talk about the marketing machine. I was at the Staples Center before the fight started. Now, I knew you had a little bit of downtime because I had to get here about a couple hours early. Walking around the arena looking at the stands, you know how many Demetrius Johnson shirts I saw that were for sale? How many? Zero. You know how many Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, and uh, fucking Mike Tyson shirts? Wow. All right. That's the fucking problem. Now, UFC needs to market. UFC needs to work on marketing. Because this fight tonight, DJ's been putting fights on like this his entire fucking run as champ. But now we're going to stand up and take notice. Well, you know, to me, again, you know, these little guys deserve all the credit in the world. You don't have to be... 300 pounds and look like he just, you know, just crawled out of the fucking steroid lab to be an exciting fighter. You know, look, Cubs, you know, Cubs wanting Moicano, Demetrius Johnson, even Henry Cejudo, you know, Max Holloway. These are guys that if you walked up next to them in a damn grocery store, they would look like common men. They would look like your normal nine to five guys that absolutely could beat the brakes off your ass if you blinked at them all. It, it's, they deserve it. They're talented. They're quick. They're fast. They're very technical. You're not going to see sloppy fucking laying prey team fest like we did in that Lewis Nagano fight, which happens more often than not. Heavyweight. You're going to see technically technique at its best with guys that have gas tanks to go 15 rounds, let alone five. Yes, yes. I I've cannot... always found the smaller fighters and wrestlers. I've always found smaller guys to be more entertaining. You know, they're always more exciting and everything. Not only that, man. Tonight was ruled by the smaller guys, it by was. the bantamweight and featherweight division. They ran this thing because awesome. almost the whole prelim card was all bantamweight fights except one. And that was the Tiago Santos fight 
which he he really taught this dude a lesson. I think he did. This too. this Hollander guy has yeah. been talking stuff for a long time, ever oh since the Contender God. Series. Yeah. Let me tell you though, man. Holland may have taken an ass beating tonight, and there's no denying Kevin Holland got his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. But Diago Santos is no fucking joke. You're talking a top 15 guy. Nobody who, wants to fight him. Nobody wants to fight him, exactly. Kevin Holland and Dana White even said this at the press conference, which you guys are willing to check out on my Facebook page, which I'm soon going to share to MMA Fight Radio on, on our Facebook. But Hell yeah. <laughs> Been watching you said, all night. They, Go ahead. They said at the press conference, Dana himself, nobody wanted to fight this fucking guy. Nobody. Yeah, this was a last moment change. I see Santos' opponent. I was supposed to be Carl, uh, Carlos Jr. Antonio Carlos Jr. Yeah, he got hurt a week and a half ago, and Dana said he called every every 185er and 205er in the contender series and offered him this fight. They said no. Holland took this fight without thinking twice. And yeah, he's a big mouth. He talks so much shit that his mouthpiece fell out because he's just talking so much shit twice. You know, but listen, I mean. He got out there, and yeah, he showed he could take a beating, but at the end, I mean, he, he showed some skill and technique, too. Yeah, he and, did. Uh, I think you're in for totally. a bright future with this kid. I think so, too. I think if Dana can stand him for a little while, he can really make some waves in the UFC. Hey, if, if he could deal with Nick and Nate Diaz for as long as he did, and Nate pulling his bullshit again, yeah, I did. Me, he could deal with Kevin Holland. I mean, I think, you know, if Talk as much shit as you want, as long as it puts asses and eyeballs and asses in the seats and eyeballs on the screen. Fuck shit, get hit, you know. Yeah, I mean that's actually what makes the fight. Right. I mean, shit. there's nothing wrong with being a little, you know, cocky. You know, if you want to get in there and you want to go behind what's expected of you and back it up. Yeah, and he, I think he can do that. I think he did, too. And so what do you think the next move for Tiago Santos? I wouldn't really accept any fights of anybody below my ranking anymore because he does, he's he's on a streak now. You know what, if I'm him, I take the fight. I, I run I run that fight that was supposed to happen here and fight Carlos, uh, Carl, Carlos Jr. I think they're both guys right outside of that top ten. I don't know if this fight will move. Santos up the ladder that much more because, I mean, it was a debuting guy off the contender series, but looks, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Carlos Jr. is around 9 or 10. Santos is about 15. This might move him up into the, dare I say, 12 or 13 range. Makes a ton of sense. you got two streaking fighters that are on the up and up. Let's make it happen, man. I mean, I, I personally think that this point... Uh, since this pay-per-view was so big, because Dana White did say that this pay-per-view got like 3 million buys or some stuff like that, which goes to show that the little guys are doing what they're supposed to do, doing the right things, and, and are getting the eyes. I think that Tiago should get a bigger name somewhere around the Uriah Halls and the and the Jacarays and those you know, those type of guys. I think that he deserves it because he really put on for this one. He did. And you know what? I mean, I'm not against that idea either. Look, when he gets in there, it'll be a 16th fight in the fucking octagon. The night was number 15. Yeah. Uh, and, and I believe this was his 11th win. So, I mean, you know, you're talking a guy that's got a pretty good win percentage. Look, he looks the part. He's a scary looking son of a bitch. He gets yeah. in there and, he hits you, you're going to be feeling the fucking after effects for a long time to come. Exactly. Um, and he's got the he's got the buys, he's got the looks and stuff. So just if he can pull off this next big name win, then he'll be ready for like top five guys. I don't know if he's ready for top five just yet. 
I'm saying he's got to get like a top. I mean, the losses he's had in his UFC career were all guys that were in that eight to five range. His most recent one was a David Branch. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, look, you don't fall off the bike if you never get on the son of a bitch. That's what I'm saying. You know, look, I mean, maybe he, he, if you don't learn, you if you if you you don't lose, you learn in this sport, or you're supposed to do. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he is ready for that next spot. And, I mean, look. I think that's it. I think he just said John Jones's problem. John Jones never lost, so he never learned. I think that might be what it is. True. I think oh, he just know, said. I just realized that it might be rising rebound from losses. Too. I mean, you know, T.J. Dillashaw lost to Dominic Cruz, lost his belt, and he turned up the volume. He is a. One could argue T.J. TJ Dillashaw right now is one of the three best pound-for-pound fighters on planet fucking Earth. Uh, you know? I, I would think so. After after beating Cole, Cody Garbrandt convincingly two yeah, times in the row, I yeah. think the only thing he has to do is beat Dominic Cruz to be named the greatest bantamweight. Because uh, in my opinion, Dominic Cruz is probably the greatest bantamweight of all time. I agree. I I asked Dillashaw that at the press conference, and uh, I stumbled because, like, I'm tired. It's a long fucking night. You know, I have to walk seven miles back. I'm not that far. I had to walk, like, eight blocks back to my car because it was the only place I could find that wasn't 60 bucks to fucking park. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which, by the way, hey, Staples Center, I know you you gotta pay for LeBron. I get it. I know you gotta polish them fucking trophies you got. And I know Jeannie Buss has to, you know, has to pay for, uh, Extra, extra soft lube when uh, Jerry Buss fought, or when, uh, when uh, Joe Jackson fucks her in the ass, but man, I don't want to pay for that fucking lube. 50 bucks a car, eat my balls. Gene loves Zine, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he'll be here all night. If, if, I'm, if I'm paying for fucking 50, 60 bucks for fucking lube for Jeannie Buss, I want my dick in her ass myself. I mean, believe me, she can't handle the, she can't handle the 12 inches of hell, boys. Right. You guys can pump the brakes on the prices for these tickets because they're outrageous everywhere most of the time i have my wife drop me off and then pick me up because i don't want to pay for parking yeah, fuck that. I don't know. Fuck like, all that. On the place, it was like fucking. <laughs> that was uh, it's on the place. It was like seven or eight blocks away. But I don't know. It's not exactly the safest thing to do to walk in downtown LA at eleven o'clock at night and walk seven blocks. And believe me, I've seen all sorts of things. I've seen people talking to themselves. I've seen a dude with his hand down his pants. I don't know whether he was picking his ass or jacking <laughs> off. I, I really didn't stop and ask because I really didn't want to know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. But. <laughs> Hey. I was just hopeful. I was just glad the motherfucker didn't have a fucking pistol in his pocket. I'm not talking about his dick, neither. I mean, I'm not I'm not ready to get in no brawls. I just watched uh, fucking four hours of fights. I don't want to get in one myself. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I want to I talk about that Pedro Munoz and Brett Johns fight, man. Brett oh. Johns is a tough motherfucker. I'm telling you. He took shot after shot. He got dropped about four times in one round. A couple stomach shots, a couple of uh, those leg kicks. This is a fight where the where the guy couldn't finish him, right? Yeah, Pedro just couldn't finish yeah. him, and he got out of that guillotine three or four times. He did, I and saw Pedro's that. known for that guillotine. And, and Pedro, like you said, he's known for that guillotine. This is a fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. That, you know, Brett, he could, you know, Brett Johns, I mean, look, he's, he was outclassed tonight. I think there's no, no nice way of putting it. He was no. outclassed tonight. No. He was a little bit in over he his got, head. He got beat up really, really bad. He, 
His he leg was... tonight. He made a lot of fans, and he can take an ass kicking at the highest degree. Uh, you know, and but at the same time, though, I mean, there was a buzz not that long ago, right before the fucking, uh, right before his fight with uh, with Algernon Sterling. That this guy is a future champ in the division, or at least a future challenger at 135 pounds. Um, all due respect to Brett Johns, who I gained a ton of respect for, and dare I say I became a fan of tonight because anybody that's yeah, that I actually old, became a fan of his tonight because he 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 was still firing back after right. he took a beating. That's right. That I mean, he kept coming, he kept pushing, he kept trying. I mean, and God bless him for it. Yet, believe me, if taking an ass kicking makes a world champ, he'd win every fucking belt in this fucking sport. I just don't think, you know, unfortunately, reality is I don't think, I think that window of opportunity, that that moment where he was going to be, you know, difference between great fighter, world champ, and a good fighter that's going to, you know, be exciting, I think, I think tonight proved he's on that. He's right, on that good, right. Diego Sanchez all over again. world champ level. Right, Diego Sanchez all over again. Exactly. You know, which look, there's a pl- there is a place for guys like that, and that's not a big on Brett Johns. Diego Sanchez is the one you mentioned. He made a Hall of Fame career getting out there and putting on fucking exciting fights. Exactly. Um, my good friend Marcus, the Irish hand grenade Davis, you know, he was a guy that was capable of a boring fight, but he never wanted to. Look, there is a place for people that have put on good fights. Yet not everybody's a champ level, and yeah, no dig on Brett Johns. He's just he's not that guy. But again, he'll be a guy that sticks around because he's exciting and he gives people the fights they want to fucking see. You're not going to see, uh, you know, twenty minutes of of dude playing touch butt with some dork in the fucking park with him. You're going to see a guy get out there, and you're going to have to practically kill him to beat him. And even then, you probably might not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Even though you might not be a world champion, like he said, there's there's spots for guys like that, and they have very long-lasting careers. I don't know how, because they get beat up so much, but they do. They have very long-lasting careers, because Nate Diaz has never won a championship, and he's no, and been he's doing it for years. To, but people will fucking pay to see his fights. Let me tell you, man, people uh, at the press conference last night, yesterday afternoon, and it was announcing all these fights, Nate Diaz, outside of McGregor and Habib, got the biggest response. I mean, people are into Nate Diaz because he's exciting, he's controversial. Hell, even after he announced his fight, he's, he fucking completely walked out of the press conference when he announced Khabib, Habib and Connor. Uh, he said, fuck that, I'm not fighting on this card. Was supposed to come to the UFC tonight and completely blew it off. I mean, Diaz boys always march by the beat of their own drum. And there's oh, video of him on TMZ talking shit in the streets, and he was supposed to be there tonight. I was going to say, what's this guy's deal? I don't know. He doesn't have respect for anything. You know what their deal is? They don't give a fuck. That's the problem. They don't give. I mean, they're. Neither of them do, and, you know, I've heard a thousand excuses. It's her upbringing, blah, 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 you know. Look, these guys just don't give a shit, and people entice it, man. People find it humorous. People get a kick out of them, um, but, yeah, they don't, they really don't have, man, when it comes to respect, they respect their teammates. When it, when it comes to the hierarchy and the upper brass, they don't fucking respect it. They just fucking, it. it's about me and I, and... I don't even know what to think of it. I thought the Diaz at this point. Your... At this point, I was really a big Nick Diaz fan. I was going to say I thought the Diaz boys were pretty big names. Yes, I they? was a huge Nick Diaz fan. I was all about the Diaz brothers. Uh, Nate won the Ultimate Fighter, which really brought all the eyes to him. But Nick was really the guy. 
When he got to yeah. the UFC, unfortunately, he never got his hands on any of the belts. He got two title shots in a row and an interim title shot and never got his hands on the belt. He fought George St. Pierre. He fought uh, Carlos Condit. And he, he just couldn't do it. Just couldn't get the job done. The yeah. thing that he did was keep talking shit after the fight was over. You might have beat me, but you hit like a bitch. If, if you watch their press conferences, or you listen to any of the interviews after a fight, these mother—if you listen to these guys—they're unbeaten. They've never lost a fight in their life. This is, you know, and it's—it's it's always an excuse that he didn't really beat me. Even Diaz said at the press conference, they asked about the Conor McGregor duo, and uh, somebody said, "Yeah, you hold the one win over McGregor," and Diaz said, "No, I hold two wins over him." I mean, these guys don't admit defeat very well. And, never. Uh, you know, but the, the, the thing is, we we've talked we talk on this show a lot about controversy creating cash, and you know, these guys are exempl they exemplify it. They, you know, they they are the controversial people that the crowd eats up. I mean, that 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 Connor versus Nate Diaz fight that fucking broke UFC pay per view buy records, buy records. Yeah, and that's hard know, it's to not do. because Nate Diaz is a great fucking fighter. I mean, he, he is a great fighter, but he's not a world champ. You know, no, he's not, and Nick isn't either. Not in the UFC. No. And that's the thing. They talk a lot of shit, but they just can't get the job done. But one person who did get the job done tonight, Henry Cejudo. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. That was a very close fight. Oh, my God. It was so close. It was really, really good one. I really enjoyed that one. I mean, it could have gone either way. Um, you know what, to be honest with you too, at the venue, and I was sitting in there, and I was sitting next to my good friend, uh, Jim Grishover, who also hosts a show uh, here in Phoenix, uh, in Phoenix on uh, NBC, or he hosted on uh, Fox Sports Radio out here, and we're supposed to be rivals, we're, we're good friends, talk rivalry, and we're not, fifth, we're not five years old, but anyway, right. I was sitting next to him, and he actually had the chance to chronicle and follow Henry throughout his fight camp, and uh, he said, Jay, what do you think? And I, I said, to be honest with you... The mentality always is to be the champ. You've got to decisively beat the champ. You know what I mean? And I was fully expecting when they said split decision, I thought Johnson was going to fucking retain because uh, I did it was too. so close that you don't normally take the belt off the champ in a close decision. The champ usually, House usually wins when it's a fucking title defense, you know, but what, was it the wrong decision? No, I mean, not not in the least. I had somebody ask me, was it a screw job? No, that this isn't fucking wrestling. I mean, they're... There was nothing screwy about it. You can argue the decision that it could have gone to Demetrius, but it was so fucking close. Is there really a wrong answer? And I'll tell you what there wasn't a wrong answer about, and that is the fact that anybody that watched this fight, everybody won. And most of all, let's be honest, a flyweight division won because, in my view, this is the best fucking thing that could have happened at the division. Now, you have a bona fide, legitimate rivalry, right? You've got a money fight because now Johnson... Now, Johnson and Cejudo, they're, they're one each against each other. There's one more fight to be had. Um, I mean, and it's, you know, this rivalry is old school rivalry. Oh, they got a main event this one. No chair chucking, no bullshit. Who's the better man? That's yeah, what this I got to bring is, up but. two points. I got to bring up two points. One, I think they've trained the UFC fan base to be screwed out of judges so badly that we're so used to when a split decision happens, we know that the, it's going back to the champion. That's the first yeah. thing. 
because ahead, we've seen people like George St. Pierre get his ass whooped, and he won the decision against Johnny Hendricks. We've seen things like, uh, you know, uh, that Tyron Woodley, Damian Maya fight. Tyron retains, and it was just long and dried out. And we've been trained to be ready for bad decisions. So we everybody kind of knew that DJ was going to retain when they heard split decision anyway. All right. And you know what, though? Even if they would have said DJ, even if they would have said DJ... I don't I think don't anybody would have been, been mad. Decision. I mean... But it does, but I like to talk about the thing that you brought up. With Cejudo being champion, automatically, they put eyes on the flyweight division because it automatically shakes things up. Exactly. It mm-hmm. does. And I mean, what, what if, for those that are saying otherwise, this is terrible, this is bad, and believe me, people are fucking running their cocksuckers on fucking well, social you media. Well, you know that. DJ, DJ was, was a paper champion and all this other bullshit, alright? Hey, look, simple facts here, ladies and gents, alright? This is a good thing because if DJ goes out there and beats the fuck out of Cejudo in under four minutes again, Who's left for him to defend the belt against? I mean, there were people that were bitching that this rematch happened anyway. So, I mean, you know, and those that are saying that, that, that he's a can, he was a can crusher and he beat up a bunch of bums and slop. Look, Henry Cejudo is a fucking Olympic gold medal wrestler who has been destined for stardom since his MMA career started. He's gotten better and better. Uh, you know, he had a couple of rough patches. We talked earlier about fighters. You know, losing doesn't define you. Losing fucking only shapes you. Mm-hmm. And you only truly lose if you learn. Look at Henry Cejudo tonight. And look at Henry Cejudo in his last fight with Demetrius Johnson. It's not the same fucking guy. Not even not the even same close. guy. Let's let's not forget that he knocked out motherfuckers on his way right back up to here. That's right. That's right. And let me tell you, Cejudo I have a little bit of fucking insight with because he's a Phoenix guy. I'm in the Phoenix MMA scene. Me and Jim Grishaber are the voice of, of Arizona MMA. We've seen what this guy does, and after that fight, he said one thing that really made me think that he's destined for good things, and that he's destined for greatness, that one day maybe he's even going to be a champion. And he said after that loss, you know what? I know now what I need not to do, and I know what I need to do. I know I need to make improvements. You know, the thing that doesn't, we've seen it with a lot of champs, guys that, that were superstars on their way up the ladder. They were destroying everybody. And the minute they suffered adversity, their career crumbled. I can name a few of them that had their career. Ronda Rousey's the number one that comes right to mind. Number one. The first loss that she got, she said she was going to kill herself. That's right. That's right. She said she was going to kill herself on fucking Oprah or on fucking Ellen DeGeneres or one of these B-list shows. You know, and I said Mm -hmm. right then and there, I said on my radio show, her career, I said after this loss, I said after she lost a home. This is the beginning of the end of her career because she cannot handle the adversity. She's the one that needs to be the bat all the time. She's not familiar with being the ball. Well, Cejudo, look, I mean, this is a guy that's not used to losing. No, he he had never lost. Wrestling, you know, and he he took a fucking approach of, look, I'm going to be back. I need to do right things, and, you know. He, he did. He did. And he not only won, he beat the fucking best fucking power fighter in the sport. To me, yeah, he beat it. the best MMA fighter in the world right now. That's right. Because DJ is no slouch. DJ, not only did DJ improve while he was champion, DJ started finishing guys later in his championship reign. 
So by now, at this point in his career, he was doing moves that looked like they were fake. Like yeah. something straight out of some video game bullshit. It was crazy. It was fucking insanity. Like I watched the the highlights and everything, and I saw him, and I've never seen this done before. He did a German suplex into an arm bar. Yeah, I've yeah. been telling you about that wow. every week, Matt. He threw a guy in the air and caught him coming down. That was awesome. And uh, and Henry Cejudo just beat him, which and I think this is the problem right here. I think they need to do an immediate rematch because Henry Cejudo's beat half of the guys and Demetrius Johnson's beat the other half of the guys. And the only one that they have to face is each other at this point. Like, they're hot right now, but I think this feud is pretty, pretty going pretty good. Uh, I like what JP said. Now there's entrance. Yeah, now, you know, there's, now there's a, a lot rivalry. of eyes. Now there's a rivalry going. Who's going to win this yes. rubber match? And the UFC has to play this right, and they yeah. have to main event this match. Let's go. They need to deserve it. They need to deserve it. Headline a pay-per-view, not a Fox. Certainly not. Don't insult these fuckers after this fight with an FS1. Yeah. Make it a fucking pay-per-view main event. Make them have headline billing. And I know there's been some talk. Henry got out after the fight and he called out fucking TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt. He's not know. You know what? No. Because no. here's what needs to happen. All right? DJ and Maya, there's nobody, Demetrius, if nobody else deserves an immediate fucking rematch, Demetrius Johnson does, because he put that division on the map, he fucking dominated for a long time, and it's not like he went out there and got the fucking skins beat off him in under a fucking minute. He fucking lost a decision that he very easily could have won. You have to give him this rematch, there's no other fight to be made. DJ has been the only flyweight champion. There is no other champion except Henry Cejudo. He's making history right now by taking it from the first ever flyweight champion. And the only. For six years. For six long years. He held that title as long as I've been out of high school for crying out loud. (laughs) And he, he also has... Like, elevated this thing to a level where nobody even thought the flyweight division would be. They didn't even have hope in this thing. And he's beat everybody. Everybody. He beat Anderson Silva's record, which people thought would never be beaten. He so, beat Anderson Silva's record. He finished people. You know, he did it humbly. Listen, he, he fucking, look, he didn't need to fucking take this out. He didn't need to take, what, what? What did he have to gain by knocking Henry Cejudo out again? What did he have to gain by beating guys that he already beat in the first round? Did he really gain? Did he have anything to gain? No, he had everything to fucking lose and then some. Yet he still took this fight. And guess what? He lost his fucking belt, which now has the keyboard re- reject fucking fat fuck fucking butt fucking clowns online. Gene, <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing you, ladies and gentlemen. Man, they're going crazy online about this. They're so mad. You fucking dorky-ass fucking pork-faced motherfuckers aren't worthy enough to wipe the fucking shit off the tip of fucking Demetrius Johnson's asshole with the shot <laughs> that you stuffed your fucking brassiere with. Get the fuck out of here with this paper champ bullshit. You know what? Here's an idea. You go out and fucking fight an Olympic gold medal wrestler and see how well that turns out for you if you last fucking five minutes, let alone fucking 45 and lose a split decision. And can talk until then. Shut your fucking gums and, uh, you know, go, go, go stuff the fucking ho-hos up your ass. I love and eat this them. guy. I love, I love this guy. guy so much. But anyway, I mean, 
I think that uh, Demetrius Johnson is a pretty good, you know, role model. You know, he's everything that I think that we should be, that people should be looking up to, that children should be looking up to. I mean, he's a guy who got where he is based on his merit alone. On his you know, talent. On his talent alone. You know, he's not out there causing scenes and showing his ass and talking all this BS. I mean, guys like him and DC I mean, are hated because they're good guys. Come on with all that BS, man. It's bull. Hey. And controversial about Demetrius Johnson is he prefers Xbox over fucking PS4. No, that no, no, no. That's on controversial. A That's controversial to me because I'm an very, Xbox man. Very controversial. Hey, hey, listen, <laughs> listen, somebody's gaming retards will put a gun to your fucking head if you say you're not a PS4 fan. I mean, I know, I know, man. Everybody's break. take shit so. Seriously, Seriously. I'm I'm just mad that it took this long for him to get this notoriety. And the the fact that he was the co-main event still kind of pisses me off. Yeah. Because this is history. The fact that the UFC is actually considering putting Dillashaw versus fucking Cejudo and not giving Demetrius an immediate rematch is absolute fucking horseshit. Because, like I said, if, if you're going to give Johanna Jerzejic an immediate rematch after she got dominated, if you're going to give Cody No Love a rematch after, after he, he got, got knocked he, out, he got knocked the fuck out in the second round. And, and you give Cejudo a rematch after he got knocked out. Yeah, you give him an immediate immediate rematch, immediate rematch because him and uh, him and TJ don't like each other. You give him an immediate rematch. He had zero title defenses. You know what? Demetrius had 11. Demetrius broke Anderson Silva's record, put that division on the map. Fuck this fucking moving up in weight class shit. Fuck this champion versus champion shit. Give fucking DJ his immediate rematch because he deserves it. In all honesty, I don't even know what's the big hype with the champion champion thing. Like, let's start rewarding good behavior here. Can we do that for once? I honestly don't know what's the big deal with holding up two divisions. I mean, I guess it's DC did it. Everybody wants to be champ champ. Well, you know what it does? It, it fucking completely invalidates the entire other fucking division. Their champ's better than our champ. Okay, that's great. You know, that's fucking marvelous. You know what? Uh, uh, but you're going to put an entire division on fucking hold one, you know, to, to have this, this super fight. I don't I don't understand it. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the, the hype. When, you know, you've got a sellable fight right here. You've got a point-blank sellable fight. And for those of you that say T.J. Dillashaw, well, what about him? What's his sellable fight? Well, guess what? People tonight were calling T.J. Dillashaw the greatest fucking, the greatest 135-pounder that ever lived. Yet there's one person who holds a distinct win over T.J. Dillashaw and at 135 pounds and also can state he's the greatest Cruz. Because he put that fucking belt on the map, they put that title, that division on the map, and that's Dominic fucking Cruz. There's no doubt. There, there are two matches right there that tell themselves they're the fucking the matchmaking rights itself. Why are we gonna overthink this shit to be contrarian? Because DJ's not fucking hype enough. I told DJ, exactly. I talked to him after the press conference. I congratulated him. I said, thanks for being a role model. My kids can look up to. But do yourself a favor. I said, throw a fucking chair out the fucking window on your way out the door, and then you'll get the immediate rematch. <laughs> right. Right. Put him in the back of the head during the press conference, then that'll stir some shit up. And this is... Oh, That's crazy we to me. Say it every, we say it almost every time he comes on, because it's true. It's, like, not fair at all how 
You know, the controversy, it always moves the needle, and there's nothing you can really do about it. It's just, it's it's just, just one of those things. But I'm just saying, I don't get the point of... I remember back in the day, when a person used to go to go for another belt in another weight class, they had to vacate their other belt. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, exactly. That's how it used to work, so you wouldn't hold up a whole fucking division while you're trying to go after this title. Now, they're just letting motherfuckers hold belts and hold up whole divisions for years at a time. It doesn't make sense to me. This They're making so many interim champions and double champions that we don't know who the real champion really is. And how valuable are those interim champions when they just fucking strip Colby Covington after, you know, less than 60 fucking days after he won the damn thing because he wouldn't be ready to fucking defend the belt against fucking Woodley until October instead of September. These interim belts ain't worth the fucking paper they're written on or the gold they're made out of. And like you said, you know, look, what uh, we seen it with Conor McGregor, right? We seen it with Conor McGregor. He was the first to, 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 to be the dual division champ, right? Multiple champs at once. But that... That, that division, that 155-pound weight class, has been in limbo for fucking, what, a year now? Two years? Almost three? Yeah, I almost mean, three years. Conor McGregor has not fought since 2016. Yeah. Oh, there you have it. 2016, that belt's been The in beginning limbo. of 2016. Uh-huh. It's crazy. And they let him hold up two divisions... And he never defended either one of the belts. Not one. No, no. they had to fucking wait years. I mean, listen, Habib should have gotten And I'll tell you why they didn't do it. Habib should have got that title shot fucking uh, two years ago. Yet they didn't want to put McGregor within 500 fucking feet of Habib in a fucking fight atmosphere. Because they know Habib will take him down and rip his fucking arm off. They didn't want to lose their cash cow. You know, well... Now they've managed to get this fight happening. We're finally going to get to see it happen. Uh, but you know what? It's also Connor's. That's because Connor has his eyes elsewhere. Just had that $500 million payday to box Floyd Mayweather. Right. You think he's going to stick around long term and fucking fight a beef million bucks? Hell fucking no. He's going to go out and drop his people wrestling term. He's going to drop his belt on the way out of the fucking territory. And then he's gone like the fucking wind. He'll be out faster than Ronda was. I'm sure he will because, well, you never know because at this point, they're probably siphoning money out of him with all the civil suits he's catching for throwing that dolly at that bus. No, they are. I mean, they've they've, talk, they've taken, look, they've took a lot of fucking backlash over that bullshit. They've taken a lot of backlash that, you know, that, that the fact that you're going to let your champ basically get away with murder. You're going to pay off the right people. And oh, by the way, this guy commits basically what's cool. What's, let's call it what it is, gentlemen. It was you or I that pulled this bullshit. We'd be going to jail for fucking assault and battery. This fucker mm. gets five hours of community service a month. You know, I got five hours of community service once, gentlemen, for fucking turning in a fucking non-turn zone. On fucking <laughs> interstate in Phoenix. My I didn't God. I a motherfucker. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. They're punished. They're, they're not punishing him. They're letting him get away with murder, and they're rewarding him for terrible behavior. It's crazy to me, too, but what the fuck are you going to do about it? All I'm saying is, come October 6th, I'll be hoping that Khabib rip his fucking arm off. <laughs> and McGregor's I promise you, Khabib is going to... Habib is going to eat Connor's fucking shit for lunch. I promise you that. I, 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 I just... Fucking bat, and I, then, uh, then maybe this fucking 
fucking circus sideshow bullshit can come to a stop. Maybe. It's just it's not. just hard for me to have faith in anybody beating McGregor because I time and time again he's knocked those people out every time. I mean, as much as you hate him, you can't you cannot uh, deny deny his how good he is. You know, I mean, he's he's got two belts for a reason. But see, my thing is, I, I really think that they were they were coddling him. They really were because they would put him against guys that were hurt. They would put him against guys that were sick. They would put him against guys that were were killing themselves to make weight. But and, contenders, I guess. Again, and not against the top guys in that class. The only person that he fought of, of validation was Jose Aldo when he knocked him out. And then when they gave him a fight on short notice against Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz comes in and beats the shit out of him. Nate choked him out, beat him up, choked him out. Showed that showed what Conor McGregor lacks, which is cardio. Yep. Yeah, we and a decent ground game. And a decent ground game, because he sliced through what what Joe Rogan said. He went through him on the ground, sliced through him like a knife through butter. That's right. That's right. And and McGregor just couldn't hang. But then here we go again with Eddie Alvarez, and Eddie Alvarez, who I'm thinking is the toughest guy on the planet, and he's letting McGregor dance around him like it's nothing. That was a fucking joke. That whole fucking fight was a joke. It was a sham. It was a fucking, it was borderline pathetically laughable. But you know what? It also, he who sells, that's, that's the nature of this fucking beast. If it can sell, if it can sell, listen, if it can sell money, there is a promoter out there, and it's not just UFC. If it can sell, though, there is a promoter out there that, that would put on a fight. That It wouldn't even be a fight. A promoter would fucking, you know, they would sell it. You could take a, a fucking video of me finger-fucking a fucking bomb in downtown L.A., and if it sold, they'd put it on. That's the nature of the world we're in. It, it's really kind of pathetic. Oh, my God. That was that was ridiculous. His His person that he was supposed to fight changed three times during that sequence. He was supposed to fight Dos Anjos. He was supposed to fight, you know, somebody else. Then he was supposed to fight, like... By the time it got to Alvarez, I was like, is this what we're doing? And then he dances around Alvarez like it's nothing. Knocks him out with like a four or five punch combo that I've never seen. Like he's Chuck Liddell. He's putting his face out there dodging punches like he's Roy Jones Jr. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, come on. When Nate Diaz hit him with a one-two, that mug was like... So long, and you could see it from a mile away. Yeah, but there were there were people in the MMA community that actually thought he stood a chance against Mayweather. I'm like, are you people fucking like? Do you are, are you people of this? Do you have brains at all? Because let me tell you, if Nate Diaz beat his ass in a fucking stand up, not once but twice, Nate destroyed his fucking face. But yeah, what the hell's Mayweather, the best boxer that ever lived, gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna fucking turn his you're gonna turn his face into what a horse does to a fucking it's, it's mare's butthole on fucking Friday night at the park. I know, right? I'm just I'm just I'm ready for October sixth to be here already. Cause this um, is gonna be good. But I'm re- I'm ready for it, man. I can't wait. Okay, so what do you what do you think should happen 
with Dillashaw from here on out. Because I don't think that he should be looking for any super fights. There's too many good fights in the 135-pound division for him to be trying to go outside of it. Well, look, there's there's a ton of things for him to do. His next fight needs to be against one person and one person only, and that's Dominic Cruz, right? We need to determine that's a super fight. You want to talk a super fight? There is a super fight. Who's the best 135-pounder that ever lived? You know, you've got you you've got the chance to fucking he's got the chance to avenge that loss, and you know, once and for all, give us that answer. That's number one fight. If he survives that, which you know, uh, there's a there's, there's a, a chance that he won't. Uh, you know, there's a ton of other guys at 135, but he needs to fight Cruz next. No one else. We know Dominic Cruz is 135 pound kryptonite. I don't really understand. I've watched that fight between him and Cody Garbrandt a million times, and Cody just looked like a superhero that night against Dominic well, Cruz. See, the, the first fight, the first fight between the two, right? I mean, the first fight between the two, I thought Cody was a little too emotional. I honestly chalked that up to you know, his emotions getting away because if you saw it, he looked good. He was arguably winning that fight. So no, he was. He almost finished him in the first round. Exactly. Exactly. Almost finished him in the first round. Got caught. You know, shit happens. But, look, there was no question. I mean, there was no question tonight. I mean, TJ just proved he's the better of the two. I mean, and, uh, you know, that's sad reality for Cody Garbrandt because right now it's back to the drawing board and, uh, you know, it's, as long as Dillashaw's got that belt, you're not going to see him get another shot anytime soon. But I don't know if Dillashaw relinquishes it, though. I don't know if, you know, if Cruz doesn't beat him, you know, who, who does? Well, so the rivalry between the alpha male and the TJ shit, that's over. That's done. Nah. Nah. It's done in the ring, but these two will hate each other from now until the end of time. <laughs> and so it's just gonna keep it's just always gonna be something they can bring up to drudge up some money if they need if need be for sure for sure so I'm surprised. <clears throat> Dominic Cruz hasn't fought since the guard brand fight is that right yeah that's correct and uh he's been out with a leg injury again yeah is it that uh, that ACL again? Yeah, it's that left knee. Man, he's having he's been having problems for years with that thing. I don't know he how is, many times he's, he's had to reconstruct it. He's a fucking King Velasquez, a fucking 135 pound weight class. Amazing Whoa. fighter can't fucking stay healthy. And you know, if you don't got health in MMA, it's going to be a rough go, rough go to hell, man. And uh, if Dominic Cruz can't come back because we know that, you know, the injury bug just strikes him so much, which he is one of my, he is probably my favorite 135 pounder of all time. Dominic Cruz is, no doubt. Sure. And, uh, and he put the fucking weight class on the map. Yeah, I mean, the only person that beat him was, your that can say they beat him is Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt. That's right. That's, That's it. Right. That is it. That's the only people that can say they beat Dominic Cruz. Cody Garbrandt, Uriah Faber. Both alpha male guys who've been chasing Dominic Cruz since his career started. 
And, you know, the Dominic Cruz that got beat by the Uriah Faber was still green as the fucking, he was still green as gopher shit. You know what I mean? He was still very, very raw. And, uh, you know, the Garbrandt, the Garbrandt decisively beat him. Garbrandt beat the best Cruz, but was it the Cruz that was at 100%? That's the million-dollar question. I mean, we don't know because Cody was like break dancing and doing dance moves during this fight and, you know, pointing at him and knocking him down. I mean, he got, he looked like a superhero that night. But it proves that he's not as good as we thought if a guy, if, if TJ Dillashaw knocked him out two times in a row. Because let's be honest, TJ Dillashaw really took Dominic Cruz's style and ran with it. Right, right. That footwork right. stuff, that was Dominic Cruz doing that first. That's right. He beat Dominic Cruz in his own fucking game. That's what's weird. Yeah, and he <laughs> took the style, and Dwayne Ludwig just put some of that bang Muay Thai in on it, and he really converted that shit and twerked it so hard and became cha- a two-time champ, the first two-time Bantamweight champ. Yeah, absolutely. And... Knocked out his rival in convincing fashion. So, who's next for him? I mean, I know they're hollering Henry Cejudo, but I don't want another super fight. I want them to focus on their own divisions. This is breathe new life into this division. True. True. So, what they need to do is Henry Cejudo needs to fight the guy. He needs to have a rematch with with DJ. That's, That's evident. Hands down, no question about it. He needs to have a rematch. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We need to have DJ. We need to have DJ Cejudo three, and we need to have. I mean, to me, like I said, it's there's no. I, I don't know if Cruz isn't healthy. I mean, there's got to be somebody in that fucking division they could throw at him. I mean, there's got to be somebody at 135 pounds that they. You know, I don't know if Pedro Munoz is ready for that kind of spotlight yet. But you know what? What the hell? I mean, rankings get thrown out the fucking window. Let's. Well, you know, I'd rather see that no, than a I mean, didn't Joseph Benavidez just get a big win? I mean, he can be brought up to 35 easily. I would rather see Jose Aldo come down to 35. He that just came sense. off a huge win. Or, te- I mean, there's guys at 35 that probably deserve the shot since they haven't had that spot yet. No, I mean, and we look. We've we've used we've ha- we've kept the division at bay with this entire fucking you know th- this high school drama between fucking Garbrandt and Dillashaw, and it made sense. I mean, you needed you needed some fucking WWE storyline to get this. Feud if they over, need but, a know, WWE storyline, they need to bring Uriah Faber back. That brings new life into the rivalry. You know what's funny is I was just actually thinking that myself. Is I would you know at this point they, would would it surprise me entirely to see them them talk your eye out of retirement? You know, they give us the teacher versus people match. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a competitive fight. Probably not. Probably I think not. I would wipe his ass with Faber, but you know at least it's a story, right? Yeah, I mean if that's what they want, if they need storylines, it's there. They just got to use them. Yeah. And they're, that's they're the, there. That's the only thing about it. And, man, there's a lot of great upcoming fights, too. And it, and it's stacked all throughout till, like, December. Oh, yeah, we got, uh, we got your boy Woodley taking on Darren Till. That's going to be an interesting Oh, my God, which... Darren Till looks so big compared to Tyron Woodley. <laughs> even in person, even in person, I, I was looking at these two, and I'm like, you know, they look like... 
Look, Till looks like he could fucking walk it. Look, Till looks like he could fight at 205 without cutting any damn I was weight. thinking that. I was thinking that myself, but I'm. I can see why he doesn't make 170. And I can see Tyron praying that he doesn't make 170. Oh, this, you know, I think. I think Tyron. I mean. I think Tyron can beat him up a little bit. I think Tyron will out-wrestle him because I don't know if Hill's got a ground game, but, man, that's that's like throwing a fucking tank truck around. That guy's a big human being. Darren Hill is a big human being. And Well, I got all the confidence in Tyron Woodley that Tyron will be able to handle himself in there. He's knocked out a lot of guys, and we'll just see. We'll just have to see about that. I, I'm excited about this Cowboy Mike Perry fight. Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to that too. That's going to be some fucking fireworks because you got Mike Perry who's looking for the knockout. You got fucking Cowboy Cerrone who's looking for the knockout. Somebody's probably going to drop like a sack of beans. Man, I, I'm talking about these two guys. Neither one of them can have a boring fight. Either they're getting finished or they're finishing someone. That's how both of them operate on a regular basis. Kill or be killed. That's the two the fucking approach these two have. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they do have some training history together. I mean, it's funny because Mike Perry just moved his camp to Jackson Winklejohn, and uh, Donald Cerrone's been a long time staple of Jackson Winklejohn. Yes, he has. He's been there a long, long time. But we all know that Donald Cerrone doesn't just train there. He's got to be out doing some shit that's risking his life, wakeboarding and hunting and skydiving or some shit like that. Uh, hey, it's think about if you think about it, though. I mean, he we, he moves around and about and all that other fun jazz. He does, you know, he's got a few camps he frequents. But if you look at it on paper, though, you're Donald Cerrone. You're the big sister that's been the only child. All of a sudden, we bring home a cute, cuddly little baby brother. Uh, yeah, hey, what are you doing here, you know? <laughs> hey, that's, that's, but they say they're cool with each other, but they're looking for some knockouts. Yeah, they're, they're cool with each other because they're towing the company line. Uh, believe me, <laughs> let me tell you, hey, Cerrone's got a fucking ego. Cerrone's got an ego. Any fighter at this level does. Um, you know, they, they, are they really cool or is it, uh, you know, Saying the right things, and uh, you know, because listen, if I've been a long time kingpin of that fucking, if I've been a long time staple of that gym, and they bring somebody else in that's gonna, you know, looking to knock me off my perch, I'm gonna be kind of pissed off. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, to you. I'm gonna be kind of pissed off and a little bit offended, and even to some degree upset. They're like, look, you know what? I've done nothing but strep this fucking team from day one. Now you're trying to replace me with a shiny new toy. Go fuck yourself, you know? <laughs> exactly. You're not about to Rashad Evans, John Jones, me. <laughs> exactly. Hey, what the fuck, man? What am I, garbage? I mean, you want to you wanna play grab-ass? Right, fucking fucking around like a whore in a fucking hen house. Well, find some other dummy to slap around because I'm not doing it anymore. That's how, that's mm. how, they, that's how they did Rashad Evans when John Jones came in. Mm. Just oh, toss him to the side. Oh, you're hurt? Oh, let's give him the title shot. <laughs> oh, he's the champ now. We can't do anything for you. Listen, I ain't, I ain't seen somebody get that balls deep done in them since, since the time I fought that booker in fucking uh, Las Vegas back in 1999. I mean, that was, uh, yeah, he got balls. He, got, he took balls in the ass. I think Cerrone's doing the same thing. Man, we got, uh... <laughs> We got Nate Diaz supposed to be fighting Dustin Poirier. Is he going to be able to make 55? 
Poirier. Diaz. We know Poirier can make it. Yeah, if he puts the weed down for a while, he'll make it. I mean, Diaz, that's one thing you can say about Diaz. All right? You may not you like him or hate him, and believe me, there's a lot of fucking middle... There's, there's, there's not much middle ground. There's not much gray matter. You don't like the guy you... But the, the, the one thing about him is he don't miss weight. They don't miss weight at all. You know, so he'll, he'll make it, I think. Yeah, I'm... I'm hoping so. I'm just ready to see them fight. I'm tired of them talking, ready to see them fight. Yeah, you know, it's time to fucking put up. It's time to get out there and have the fight. And it's it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's going to be an exciting fight because Corbier doesn't have boring fights. Diaz doesn't have boring fights. They're going to get out there and let it fly, you know. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to get Sky shenanigans. Nate flipping the fucking camera off and flipping him off as he's walking back to the cage and well, that's what Nate does. Bullshit. Goes along with a Diaz fight, but at least it's going to be what the fight itself is going to deliver. That's what Nate does, because Nate doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, uh, and we got Connor and Khabib. Same exact thing. And next week, we got uh, Justin Gaethje and James Vick. We got who? Justin Gaethje and Vick. Oh, yeah, Gaethje and Vick. Yeah, yeah. Those, two, those two had an interesting exchange at the fucking press conference. And it's going to be a good fight. James Vick has been... James Vick's one of those guys that's been overlooked far too fucking long now. Yeah, he's and, really uh, sneaking up on motherfuckers, ain't he? Well, he's fucking, I mean, he's 9-1 in a promotion. I mean, he's 9-1. I don't know. You don't hear James Vick's name getting mentioned as a title shot. Yeah, you're going to fucking, you're going to tell me that Nate Diaz, if he beats fucking uh, Poirier, is going to get a title shot? I mean, nah, bro. Vick deserves this fucking opportunity, man. I mean, if, if you notice, beating Gagey seems to be what parlays you into a bigger money fight. So, uh... You know, I have a feeling that big things are coming for James Vick if he wins this. Well, they know Justin Gaethje's going to throw himself at you, and if you can survive that onslaught, then you're probably destined to go through it. Well, that's the thing about Gaethje, and I've said this since he fought in the World Series of Fighting, that, look, his style, it's exciting, it's fan-friendly, but he's not going to survive in the fucking UFC if he continues to fight like this, because they're going to go out there and get into firefights with people. You can get away with it when you're fighting the fucking Luis Baboon Palminos or, you know, the, the yeah. WSOF, the Brian Fosters. Mm-hmm. You're getting away with it against those guys. And not to knock them. They're good, talented fighters. But you're in there with the Eddie Alvarez's of the world or the Dustin Poirier's of the world, and you're going to stand in a pocket and throw until somebody falls. Listen, the chances are they're not going to be the ones falling. And, you know, all the, at the end of the day, you can, you can put on exciting fights till the cows come home. If you keep losing fights, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be sent to the unemployment line. Right. And, you know, if he loses this one, I don't know, that'd be three in a row. He'd be one and three in the UFC. I think he'd get a fourth hey. chance. I don't know how many more than that. All right. Hey, JP, tell him where to reach you at. Hey, at MMA Fight Radio on uh, NBC Sport on KDUS Phoenix on Facebook. You can reach me, Jay Pagliero, on Facebook or the Sage, the Sage Kid 
Uh, check out our previous shows, man. www.mmafightradio.com. Uh, I have a new co-host, man. It's a new co-host. Pretty excited about that. People that actually enjoy what they do. They sound confident on air. They're they're good and they have names. Those of you to follow football, man. The incredible bulk, Tony Mandrich, my new co-host. So I'm having fun there. But uh, check me out, man. All day. And you can reach us at sons of legends at gmail.com. Reach me on yes, Instagram man. at rdog1 and on Facebook at Arthur Quinn and reach MJ. Uh, Matthew Lindsay 677 on Instagram and Matt Lindsay on Facebook. That's right, man. This has it. been the Sons of Legends, dog. Y'all have a good night. Peace.